doing that. Jacob says hi. I'm so used cool. to saying welcome back from my previous podcast, bro. This is good. This is. I'm gonna have to get used to this. All right. All right. Welcome into the first. Yeah. Welcome into the very first edition. All right. First ever. And if you're lucky enough to hear the actual first one, then. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the very first edition of the United Spurs of America podcast. I'm Michael Ramirez, your host, alongside my good friend, one of my best friends, best buddies, Jacob Wallraven. Um, just two dudes who support Spurs here in the United States of America, across the pond, like we like to say. Um, but yeah, man, first part of the of the uh, entire series. How you feeling, Jacob? I think I this, uh, it's going to be pretty special, huh? It's finally a, a podcast where we get to kind of express our feelings, our frustrations, everything about um, Tottenham Hotspur FC. And I think that's great. I think that that's something that uh, a lot of us can look forward to, right, is is having that outlet that you can say, come on, you Spurs, in the best way. You could also say, come on, you Spurs, in the most depressing of ways, as we experienced. Also, this is the first ever edition, um, but if you were part of that lucky exclusive group to actually hear the .01 edition of... United Spurs of America, edition. yeah, if you're one of them, you know, hey, hats, hats off to you, but yeah, really excited to get this thing started. Um, personally, I'm excited that we get to start our first official episode on the back end of a win, rather than an embarrassing Europa League loss to Dinamo Zagreb, personally, but that's just Can you say that me. name again? Can you, can you say that name again? I'd rather, I, I think I'm just going to stop, bro. I think I'm just going to stop, because I'm just going to start to get depressed again. But anyways... Big bounce back win yesterday, um, Sunday evening here in the United States, Sunday afternoon against Aston Villa. Um, Big bounce back win, like we mentioned, alluded to earlier that we did lose the Europa League clash, the second leg to Dinamo Zagreb in an embarrassing fashion, 3-0. But a lot of changes to the lineup, Jacob, um, both starting 11 and the bench. Two Academy products, teenagers, were also included on the bench as well. We'll get we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but yeah, man, big bounce back performance, big bounce back win, 2-0 over Aston Villa. Although they did not have Jack Grealish, I, I still feel like it's a solid win. We're back to winning ways. We can kind of get our head straight again and try to regroup and, and, and hopefully make a push for the top four. You know, top four has always been the goal once I kind of came to terms with reality that we're not going to win the league. Um, once I came to terms with that, I think that I was a little bit better off. Yeah. Uh, but for me, what stood out um, first and foremost, I've been a huge Jaffet Tanganga fan for quite some time. Um, bless up Jaffet. Our I mean, prodigal son, other he, than like what Troy Parrott, uh, maybe date, you can throw in a sprinkle of Dane Scarlett. And then we can't forget about what Oliver Skip. Um, Skip, other than that man Tanganga Holly Skip yeah he's coming back in the summer you best believe Norwich fans are killing themselves over that bro like but, dude it's like match over match man of the match um gets voted as as for Oliver Skip on Twitter it's hilarious but anyways yeah Tanganga bro Tanganga huge yesterday I think that he was the main guy who stood out for me uh him and Joey Rodon I'm a, I'm big big on Joey Rodon this is another clean sheet that he's been a part of which clean sheets you know, it's not something we have often. And when we do, I cherish them. And I think about who in the back line really helped us get that clean sheet, who helped us uh, just, you know, dominate the game. And I think between Jaffa Tanganga, he played great offensively. He, I mean, I don't need to bring up uh, Matt Daugherty. I don't want to play your shame. I don't want to say. This is the only time we'll be referring to Matt Daugherty on this podcast. Thank you very much. At least as Matt Daugherty. But <laughs> <laughs> so I think for me, give me Tanganga right back every game. 
don't even put Doherty in the 18. I say just let him watch from home. You could put him in the stands. Maybe they cut to like the little Jack Grella shot. And you could show him in the stands wearing his supreme, uh, whatever it was, like a p- pajama suit that he was wearing with the hat. You yeah. Know. Hey, all for it. He, that's, he's a fresh man. But, you know, I say let's let Matt Doherty sit up there, think about the things, and maybe he could watch how right back position could be played. Yeah. Um, and But Tanganga, I can't speak highly enough about uh, how impressive he was on the ball, off the ball. I thought – Joey Roden also did a really good job communicating. Um, I think you and I were talking earlier. We said, you know, it kind of reminds you a little bit of that Hoiberg, that toughness, that kind of ruthless mentality. And I, I mentioned that there was a point in the game where I saw him actually pointing out for Hoiberg to cover in a certain spot. And it was just a very veteran move for a very young guy. And, and so two young guys out there, um, I, I say, why not? You know, yeah, Ashton Villa, no, Jack Grealish, but hey, I mean, they were trying to go at Jaffet Tanganga the whole game, and he stopped it every time. He even offensively gave us a counterattack, which to me, Doherty's not given us. Arie's given us a little bit, but I think going forward, Tanganga's got to be the first choice. So I agree um, to an extent with you. I Look, Jaffet Tanganga, I love, I love the man. Um, obviously, Tottenham Academy, Tottenham lad, fully spurs, um, Obviously, we got to support our young guys who who come up through the academy. Um, but you're talking about a guy who's 21 years old. We you mentioned Joe Rodon too, 23 years old. These are young guys that are developing right now, and the only way they're going to get better and they're going to get real life experience is actually putting them into these situations. And full fully credit Mourinho for his decision on on starting both of them against Villa. Um, I think it was both out of I think a little bit out of tactics, mostly out of frustration and, and disappointment from the Thursday night match. But um, definitely, man, I agree with you. Tanganga was huge, huge, huge yesterday against Villa. Joe Rodon, like you already said, um, very solid performance alongside Davinson Sanchez. Um, and then you have Regulon in the back at, uh, at left back. And it's it kind of just all merged together, um, all came together at a perfect time um, against Villa. But definitely agree with you, man. Um, I, I love the flashes that I've seen from Joe Rodon and Jaffa Tanganga. Obviously, Tanganga making his first Premier League start against Liverpool last year. Um, that was big, man. Big, big, big decision by Mourinho. But it shows the trust that he has in him. He obviously rates him very, very well. Um, but yeah, man. Rodon, Tanganga. We already mentioned a little bit of Hoybier back in the 11. We desperately missed him on Thursday night, in my opinion. I honestly do not think we would have let that lead um, get to, I, I just don't think we would have let that situation get to that point. If we had a true captain, a true leader out there um, in the midfield specifically, no, no, no knocks to, to Hugo Lloris there. You, you, you know that um, I loved Lloris and, and so do you Jacob, but I think just in that, that midfield was, is huge, man. It's huge where it's night and day without, with and without, um, without Pierre Emile Hoybier. Um, and then we, we got to talk about Lucas, man. I know you want, you want to nominate him for your man of the match. I'm going to go Absolutely. ahead and nominate him for my man of the match as well. But, oh, my God, man, when he's playing in the middle of the pitch, pressing up in that number 10 role, in that center attacking mid position, if you just let him run free, let him dribble around some dudes, um, he, made one, he made one Aston Villa defender fall. I think it was their right back um, at, the, at the top right corner of the box yesterday. Oh, my God, that was so sexy. But 
dude, we've got to talk about Lucas in the middle of the pitch. Big I do Lucas, not man. know why. I get, I get why there are some reasons for in some situations for putting him out on the wing. I totally get it. Want to use his pace, especially when he comes on as a sub. But man, when he's in the 11, why not just start him at the number 10 role? I get that you have Endombele, you have Deli Alley, you have, you have some options there. But right now, I think it's fair to say that Lucas might be our, what, our second best player right now? Second most informed player behind maybe Harry Kane? I guess. But other than you, that, I, re- I really can't see anyone else who's more informed than Lucas Moore right now. I think the key word there is inform. Um, yeah. I think when Sun comes back, I believe that you were onto something, that that's a great role for Lucas Moore. He does add a great change of pace. And I think with Jose's tactics, there's a lot of going forward, but also coming back to help out on defense. And I think that Lucas Moore in the middle can do that better than, say, a Deli Alley can, right? Yeah. And I think that's why he's always been preferred in Jose's lineups is the fact that Lucas Moore is willing to throw it all out there. I mean, you see the guy, he leaves nothing left in the tank. And what more can you want from a player than to leave it all out there? There's a big note that I had, I think it was about the 60th minute of the game when I just started looking around at, 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 at all the players' shirts. They're covered in dirt, covered in grass stains, slide. I mean, Tonki and Dombelli, his shirt was dirty within the first two minutes of the game so for me it that showed that they were all obviously very aware of the embarrassment I think that Hugo Lloris his words post-match um granted I agree during the game I think we could have used a little bit of uh of a a midfield captain there but I think after the game his comments kind of resonated with people like there is this divide and and there is there are people that are not willing to go all out like we were talking about Lucas Mora. And I think Lucas Mora has proven to be, you know, the guy that you can count on. I think last year, whenever Son went out and Kane was out and everyone was out as well, who who was the only one who could put the ball in the net? We had Gio on a couple of deflections, but it was Lucas Mora. And, and for me, you know, you take away the hat trick in – in the in in the finals but in the semifinals yeah in the semifinals sorry but i think that if you take that away you can still point to all these games where this man he didn't have a goal but he was the engine of this team he drove this team and i think with son being out you can't not start uh lucas Moore. i think he's in my opinion like tanganga at this point i mean you you have to put him in the 11 you have to because He's proven time and time again, hey, I'm going to put it all out there. And I think that at this point, that's all we can really ask for. Um, yeah. Just I, I, I'm, I don't want to see anyone walking, being lazy. And, and Lucas, hey, he may not pass the best all the time. But he turns the ball over plenty. But those 50-50 balls, I love Lucas's chance of getting there and at least putting something on it to at least stop the their counterattack. Because, I mean, there's, there's, there's been many times throughout that game where – uh, it looked like they were going to start building something up. Lucas took it. Boom, they're off to the races because of his pace. I mean, I used to say that I thought he would be better coming off the bench, that he's like, in basketball, he'd be the sixth man of the year, right? He would be the guy that you bring in and he changes the game for you. But, you know, unlike basketball, once you make that sub, that's it. But now I think with the injuries and the form that we've seen from a lot of these players, I think Lucas Mora, um, I don't care where you put him, just put him in the 11. <laughs> he's, he's the only one out there putting everything in there. So 
Yeah, you mentioned leaving everything out there. And I think that was the biggest theme out of the changes that Mourinho made from Thursday night to Sunday evening. Um, I think based on his selection of the 11 and the 18, he wanted players who fight for the badge, man, like unselfish players who will give everything for the team, like a not for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Like a Lamella, like a Luke, I dude, like, okay. Outside of the champions league semifinal hat trick, obviously probably one of the greatest moments of my life. Um, probably the greatest moment as a Spurs fan. Um, that night will always resonate with me that night in Amsterdam, but now you're starting to see where he's kind of finding his fit into a fully strong 11 Spurs squad, if you know yeah. what I mean. So yeah. run to the champions league final, he didn't have Harry Kane. Um, there was a few others injured as well throughout that time. Um, he really only had son as a support uh, along with Deli Alley um, and then Eric Lamella for a little bit, but now you're starting to see where he, in my opinion, I think he fits the best in our team. If he's in the 11, I say start him at, at the number 10 role and let him play like he was against Aston Villa. And we'd seen it numerous times this season as well. We've seen that before from this Tottenham team when Lucas Moore is in that 11 and in that specific position in the middle of the pitch. And then if you're going to play him on the wing, you already alluded to it a little bit. Bring him off the bench, man. Those legs are invaluable off the bench. You have a left back or a right back either because th that's the good thing about Lucas is that he can play either side. He can play on the left wing or the right wing. If you have a, a fatigued defender back there, Lucas is going to run right past him. Like there's no question about it. Hey, so, you can have a fully fit defender out there and I still enjoy and some and most of the chance. time. Exactly. Yeah. Most of the time he's still going to be running past those defenders. So as long as he can get this groove together, that's that's my biggest stick with Lucas is that he's so inconsistent. He finds these brilliant performances here and there. Sometimes they're they're attached by a few string of games as well. But for the most part, it's very inconsistent from Lucas. I think if he starts to clean that up a little bit, um, we're, we're going to be seeing the best out of him. But until he finds that groove consistently throughout large stretches of the season, not just a few games here and there, you're going to get the best out of Lucas Mora, and you're going to see a better Tottenham Hotspur team as well, a stronger Tottenham Hotspur team as well, um, especially when you're wanting those players, those types of players like Lucas Mora to, to challenge for those, for those starting positions. He was undroppable at one point in Mourinho's team. And then now we saw earlier this season where you just had to put players who are a little bit more talented, more consistent, have been putting up bigger performances than him. It's the same thing with Steven Bergvine. We saw Steven Bergvine, Bergvine, excuse me, start for a few games, get a few games under his belt, wasn't able to find the back of the net for the majority of the season, um, actually all of the season, um, to where it got to a point where it was like, man, like you're giving us really great runs. You're giving us great effort for the badge everything like that but there comes a point where you got to start producing on the field man you got to start getting these goals you got to start getting these assists especially if you're playing up top there on the on the wings or at striker and unfortunately you saw that with steven Bergvine, Bergvine, but on the other side of that coin now lucas is starting to prove his worth he's starting to move the ball around consistently um starting to feed players from that middle of the pitch so it's looking good man i i you know i am a big steven Bergvine fan I think his celebration is top five, in my opinion. Give me more, please. And the fact that I haven't seen it once this – wait, maybe once this year. I think early on he scored. It, I don't think it's been in the Premier League, though. I no, think it I, might have been in a cup like match. F, yeah, I think it was yeah. FA or Carabao. 
But, you know, if he was able to get into the form in which FIFA and my dreams have him, <laughs> um, I think, I think, you know, when we first signed Bale, my thought was, dang, that that's unfortunate for Steven Bergvine because he was going to get that chance right there on the right. But he's gotten that chance. And yeah. What have we seen? You know, there was two chances against Liverpool. He could have put us up early for on. Sure. And I mean, a lot of the, he, hey, he's 21, 22, I think. I, yeah, he's this, still very young. I think this he's, guy's young. he's got to be under 23, but yeah. I think his confidence right now is, is low. I think this international break is going to be good for him to go to the Netherlands, get some reps. He performs well with that national team. Um, you know, I think if he just can get his confidence up, I think he could be the sub at least that we're talking about Lucas Moore being right. Let's, yeah. let's, let's plan for no son. So I would say you put Lucas on that left side and cross your fingers that you get the return of form bail that we saw, you know, for that, that great week we had. And I'm interested to see that and then also bring in Bergvine for that that spark of energy. And we did see that in this Ashton Villa game. He came in, he had a defensive possession where he kind of let the ball go behind him. You could kind of hear Jose yelling at him a little bit. Then the very next possession, I see him get the ball in our own half, take it all the way. Should he have passed? Should he have shot it a little earlier? Maybe. But this man believes in his legs, and yeah. I believe in his legs. So watching him do that, there's no reason why he can't be the guy to come off the bench and be our new sixth man of the year. Um, like I said, I'm a big Steven Bergvine fan. I think he just has a little bit low confidence right now. He's not getting too many starts, too many looks. Um, you know who is high on confidence right now? Mr. Carlos Vinicius, who scored his first Premier League goal of the season against Aston Villa yesterday. Um, you know, although it was it was a tap in, it was mostly created by Lucas and Harry Kane. Um, it's still really, really nice, man, to finally see him get rewarded for his efforts. Man has put on a big, big, big time performance in the Europa League um, throughout the, the course of the entire competition. That's mainly where he was getting his reps this season. We finally got to see him start um, in a Premier League game and actually score from a start in a, in a Premier League game as well. But I mean, what do you what do you think of Carlos Vinicius' performance, Jacob? I mean, obviously he got the goal under his belt. Maybe it's 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 building confidence now for the for the last stretch of this season. Um, obviously, there are questions about whether or not we're going to actually buy him. But while we have him, we might as well use him, right? Um, I think Absolutely. you just got to build on this confidence, build on this performance. And I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back in the eleven against Newcastle. I honestly was a big fan of the the two center forward formation that we presented. Um, I think in regards to Carlos Vinicius and his overall confidence, look, we look back at last year and we say, dang, you know, Tongi really just needed that buffer time to get used to French to English football. And I think that with Vinicius, we were like, okay, he's that striker that we wanted, right? The everyone and every social media post, sign a striker, sign a striker, announce a striker. Yep. And Hey, for good cause. And we brought this guy in and I think everyone just expected, like, I don't know, I don't know what everyone expected, but I think his transition um, from playing in the Portuguese league, right. He yep. came from Benfica. Benfica. Yep. And, and that's most likely where he's going to be going back to after I've, the season. Unfortunately, I've seen a few Portuguese league games. They look a lot different than English football. Mm -hmm. So my point being is that, I think for where he's at right now, where we're at in the season, I think he's just starting to come along. I think you let him play up top with Harry Kane some more and he figures out what Harry's trying to do. Harry's a magician. 
Harry is the king of Tottenham, okay? Yep. And you you see what he can do with Son. There's no reason he can't do that with another player, two more players. He's, I mean, 30 goal contributions leading the Premier League. It's it's amazing. It's beautiful yep. to watch. Player of the year, in my opinion, Harry Kane. And I think that's a big reason why I think now you can play a two-striker combo with Harry Kane in that lineup. Before, when Harry Kane pressed higher, when he was just staying forward primarily, he would come back every now and again, but not as aggressively as he's done over the past few seasons with Mourinho. Um, now that he's starting to play in that deeper role, it's giving an opportunity for more players to run forward. And now if you have a second striker, Carlos Vinicius, that's a, that's a perfect recipe for, for perfection, right? And like you said um, about his goal, this just real quick, you said that, yes, it was a lot of Lucas Mora and one playing the one-two with Harry Kane. But someone's got to be on the other end to tap that ball in. Yeah, for sure. And usually in the past, be there. Usually in the past, it was Harry Kane right there in the perfect position, right? But now, now that he's more of the creator, some other players are starting to get into those positions where it's it's pretty easy to tap the ball in. Um, but yeah, man, it was awesome to to see him get his first Premier League goal. I going back to your point of everyone asking on social media sign a striker sign a striker we need backup for harry kane oh we're gonna play harry kane every game again this season like it was very frustrating for us fans to see multiple multiple occasions where harry kane had no business starting some europa league games fa cup carabao cup games where it's an opportunity for carlos venetius to to put on display what he came here for to back up Harry Kane, to relieve him of so many minutes to take that workload off of him. And I think we were just starting to get a little bit annoyed with Mourinho because he wasn't fulfilling what he had signed him for. If that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he was staying on the bench in, in uh, lower tier premier league games against relegation sides and, and, and bottom half of the table sides. And he wasn't playing every single game in the Carabao cup or the FA cup as well. So I think it was just a little bit frustrating for us to, to not see him. I don't want to say fully integrated into the team, but not getting those chances where it's definitely perfect opportunities for him to show what he can do and also give Kane a little bit of rest, but back to, back to the whole point, man, it was just, it was really good to see him finally get his, his first premier league goal. And, and who knows, man, maybe it's just the first of many. There's still a long, long, long season ahead. Um, We're in this final stretch now where we've got about 10 games left in the season Every single game counts. Every point matters um, so far. Now we're, we're really starting to get into the grind of the top four race. Obviously, we want to be consistent all season long, but now it's started. We need to put the, the pedal to the metal. These are the last few games of the season. This is the home stretch, and it, it's great to see three points on the table, man. And, and speaking of the Premier League table, only three points off of fourth place. Hey, three points off of fourth place. I mean, we're right there in it. Would it be somehow, more, some way? Would it be any more Tottenham for us to not be in this position? Right. Um, again, I think back about that that beautiful time when we were on the top of the table, um, and it seems so long ago. It seems almost a whole season ago that we were on top of the table. But mm-hmm. when you look at our position with West Ham dropping the points against Arsenal, I mean, they were up three zero on on arsenal and i love to see it i love it when arsenal in the mud <laughs> always but it actually worked out in our favor though the result actually worked out in our favor and it's not like you know it's not like they were beautiful goals they were own goals by susek and another guy i mean so yeah. when you think about it it's just kind of reminiscent of when we played west ham the first time not the second yeah. time obviously but it to me 
I believe that we're in a great position. And I think who better to ask for than a Newcastle type? I think it will be a tough uh, task. No Premier League game is a given, in my opinion. For sure, for um, sure. Newcastle's- I mean, we saw, it with, we saw it with Sheffield. We saw it with Brighton. We've seen it with multiple teams, man. Like, there is no given games in the Premier League this season, especially this season with COVID and everything else. Um, the, the, all, the, all the outside extracurricular stuff that's affecting these games, like – it's definitely like you need to be on your A game every single match because like we said, we saw it against Sheffield, we saw it against Fulham, we saw it against multiple teams where we had no business losing or, or drawing against. And you're exactly right. This game is not a given. Um, every Premier League team is tough, but it's definitely nice to get this a little bit of momentum after a very disappointing week, a little bit of momentum going into the international break and going into this Newcastle game. A little bit of fight too, a little bit of something, exactly. a little gumption. Give me, you know... Here in the South, we say put a little elbow grease in it. You know what I mean? You got to put <laughs> yes, something into it to get something out of it. And I think that we saw that. We saw at least the hopes of that, that that is still a possibility for us. We can maintain ball control. We can put the ball in the back of the net. We're capable of holding up defensively. Cough, cough, Tanganga and Rodon. But yep. so for me, you know, I feel very positive. I always try and embrace every moment in life with a bit of mm-hmm. positivity. Um, even if it's you know unwarranted but this is definitely warranted this is definitely a time when I think Spurs fans can say like we have a chance to get top four Champions League I had yeah. all my eggs in the basket of winning Europa and that's the way you know I, Premier League table we all did man I think we all be. did and but now that that's not a possibility I'm putting all my eggs in the basket of hey we're gonna get top four we have to get top four we need top four and it's a very possible thing Again, going back to Newcastle, this is a team fighting to stay out of relegation. They're trying to stay out of that bottom three right now, and they're barely out. I mean, Fulham is looking great, and they're trying to, uh, you know, they're fighting for their for their Premier League standing. And this team, if you think that our fans have been divided saying Jose out, Jose this, which, by the way, I've never been a Jose out guy, but you see how divided our fans are. Newcastle fans all over are screaming to get this manager off their off their team and yeah. things are not going well for steve bruce over there in newcastle man so that could mean one of two things in my opinion you know i've had many years in different sports and and in my opinion my humble very humble opinion i think that there's one of two ways that this can go it's going to light a fire under that coach under that team like hey it's time for us the same way we are this is it our last push to get away from relegation zone yep. You know, hopefully keep this guy's job. Does he deserve to be there? I don't know. I don't. I don't watch him enough. But my point being is that one, it's either going to light a fire under the, under them, and they're going to be on top, and they're going to be pushing real hard. You know, kind of like a dy- Dynamo Zagreb, and or two. Hey, we could see the same thing we've seen from them all year. We'll dominate the game. We'll walk out of there with three points. Which yep. you know, I'm not a Newcastle fan. Give me the three points. I'm not looking at their relegation spot. I'm looking at our top four hopes. So, you know, I think I think we have a chance uh, to continue this push. I think there's also a chance for an upset. And I just hope and pray that the team is obvious, obviously privy to their situation and know that, hey, these guys are, they're trying to, you know, they got to fool them right on their tail. They're trying to stay up. So, Again, I just I hope our team comes with that same fire regard. You know, you can only play who's in front of you, but I hope our team brings that that same energy we had against Villa. For sure, man. Um, well, I'm, 
I mean, we're, we've already kind of gone over this, but obviously this, this will not be a cakewalk. Um, we saw it with our first, um, our, our, our first clash with Newcastle United earlier this season, one, one draw. Um, I mean, it's, it's just what we've already been stressing, man. This game is not a given, um, no premier league game is, but the, it's definitely a good step in the right direction, um, from, from yesterday's performance. Um, we can go in there with a, with a, a full blown confidence that we should be able to win this game. Hopefully Jose will get the boys fired up. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, they're in 17th place. They're fighting um, to claw out of that relegation zone and get even safer than they already are. So it's, it's definitely not a game where they're going to be a pushover and by any means um, necessary. Um, but this is definitely a great opportunity to keep building that momentum before we get to the clash with Manchester United, man. Um, obviously, uh, we for, for, for fans of the pod, um, me and Jacob do not like Manchester United whatsoever. Um, I would put them up there with Arsenal as well um, of, of the teams that I just dislike the most in the Premier League. Hate even. Um, it's a strong word, definitely, but I think man. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's definitely needed in, in this context. Um, but yeah, big clash against Man United on April 11th. Um, like we already mentioned, we are heading into the international break right now. So Personally, I don't want to see anyone go to the international break. I don't want to risk anyone getting COVID, being quarantined for any any more than they need to. And obviously, we just want to keep our players safe as well. Um, but yeah, man, I I'm not a big fan of the international breaks right now. Um, during the during all this COVID mess, um, we we saw it with Matt Daugherty and a few other players who they left for international break um, last year at the end of 2020. Some of them te- ended up testing positive and had to quarantine for a while. So. I just pray that no no player gets sick. Hopefully, nothing gets too serious. Um, hopefully, everyone gets to gets to stay healthy and, and get fired up and ready for this Newcastle United clash, man. But any last thoughts before we wrap up this first pod of the uh, of all time? Um, well, when you put it that way, it's a little hard to wrap this thing up with a beautiful bow. But I'll go ahead and try. <laughs> you know, a lot of people worry about the state of Spurs. I say it ain't over till it's over and it's definitely not over. We definitely have hope. We're facing our next Premier League team that that we could and we should win. We've beaten Manchester United. So give me Lamella. Go out there, make Martial get another red card. <laughs> Let's do it. Give me another sun hat four. That yep. was that was my shining moment this year was uh, I, Southampton game. Oh, it was where he had the the four goals. Uh, the Southampton game. That's right. He only had two, I guess. Was I think he had Manu. two. Yep. Yeah, he had two, and then Ndombele scored. Harry Kane scored. It uh, felt like two. he had four against Man. Everyone, every for goal sure. against Man U feels like two. So for sure, for me, I think you know the international break. We can get sun. He can get some rest. I yep. think Bergvine, some you know players like him and Rodon, they could use this to stay fit, uh, stay sharp. I think that that's big. Um, but, you know, this has been a great first episode. Can't wait. Can't wait for more. Can't wait to see what else we can do. Hey, we get top four. We have a celebration episode. Win the Carabao Cup. Have a yep. celebration episode. I can keep going. <laughs> Let's keep celebrating. Let's keep it going. I love it. I like I like the positive vibes, man. Um, I'm not as I'm not nearly as optimistic as you are. Uh, I've been through this 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 story so many times over the years, but I'm going to stay hopeful. Um, obviously, we have a huge, huge few next matches coming up and then we do have that one big match in April, that Carabao Cup final that we we really, really need to win, man. I, I just, I, 
I need to see Tottenham Hotspur lift a trophy before I die. That little and tiny right now, cup. I can't wait right for now, I up. have I have little to no hope that I'm ever going to see Spurs lift a trophy. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to keep praying. We're going to keep hoping. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening to the first edition of the United Spurs of America podcast. Um, please follow us on Spotify, Twitter, and YouTube if you're interested, if you like this type of content. If you have any suggestions for us on how to mix it up, maybe change, change things up a little bit, definitely give us some feedback. We're more than open um, to anything that you guys may suggest. If you have any other ideas that we could possibly include in future episodes, please, please, please let us know. If you're interested in joining our Patreon, please consider supporting us. Any amount would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, we definitely are looking for more people to engage with us on social media as well. So like I said, if you have any ideas, any suggestions, feel free to, to let us know in, on Twitter um, or in the YouTube comments as well. Um, and then we're also looking for any questions or comments that we could possibly bring up in, in future podcast episodes as well. So definitely um, keep an eye on, on that on Twitter. We'll be uh, posting polls. We'll be posting questions and stuff that you guys can engage with. So hopefully we'll be able to build that up a little bit in the next few weeks, next few months, next few years. Um, but yeah, man, definitely uh, happy and excited to, to continue this journey and start this journey with you, Jacob. Um, it's definitely going to be a very, very fun outlet for me to both express our uh, our joy and our frustrations about, about Tottenham yeah. Hotspur. Um, but anyways, guys, like I said, thank you so much for joining us on the first edition of the United Spurs of America podcast. As always, up the lads and come on you Spurs. Until next time, for Jacob, I'm Michael, and we'll talk to you right after the Newcastle United Night.